Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Thank you for joining us live this Sunday evening for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah, and I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage. And tonight, we continue our new series on the I Am Statements of Jesus Christ. As always, we would love for you to join our conversation with a question for Pastor Matt or a comment. And we have call screeners standing by for just that purpose. You can call us at 929 333 Three seven three nine. You can also call us if you need prayer. Pastor Matt, you actually preached a great sermon this morning on prayer. Uh, what would you say is the number one reason that Christians today need to be in prayer? Well, that's a great question, Micah, and there are really so many responses that can be given, but I'll, I'll put it this way. The Scripture says we're to do something without ceasing, and mm. it's not read your Bible without ceasing. It's mm-hmm. not go to church without ceasing. It's mm. pray, pray without, without ceasing. ceasing. Yeah. And also, the disciples, what they asked of Jesus, they, when they saw him praying, uh-huh. they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Yeah. That was the most important thing. It was the top mm. priority. And that was our message this morning, yeah, that first message. of all, prayer for all men. Mm. And prayer has... Uh, there's power, such mighty power in prayer. Plus, we're living in a day when the devil is going all out to destroy Mm -hmm. our people, our young children, our our young children, whether it's in the entertainment industry, Mm -hmm. the the fashion industry, you know, like Mm -hmm. what we're seeing even this past week with the Balenciaga stuff and Mm -hmm. and in the the, the, the entertainment and everything going on on television and social media, we do need to pray. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Pastor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so dear friends, pray. That's not what the message on, is on tonight. It's really about eat. Right. <laughs> but pray before you eat. That's right. So. We're going to talk about eating and being satisfied with the bread of life, Jesus Christ, dear friends. And that's our message this evening. And we're going to get into John chapter 6. But first, we're going to introduce our other guest with us in studio tonight, Micah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have with us our assistant producer who's here every week, always helping with the call screener. But Esther, Dr. Hunt, good to have you back with Welcome us. Welcome to be back. I'm so happy to be back. All right. Thank you for being here. And thank you for all your faithful work behind yeah the scenes mm-hmm. every you, Sunday. Doctor. You do such a great job. And, and we have a first-time guest with us this evening on our panel, Sister Lilia Santa Maria, who is here, one of our faithful members. Nice to have you with us, Lilia. Thank you for having me, Pastor. Yeah, and uh, you've known the Lord, I know, for a while, and you're yeah. going to share a little bit of that later. But just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what you're doing now. So I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, wow. I lived here all my life. Yeah. Um, I am a teacher, so I've been teaching for the past 10 years. Um, I've been teaching, I started off with special needs, and now mm. I'm teaching preschool. Um, so it's, I love what I do. I really That's enjoy it. That's great. That's beautiful, and praise God. Uh, those precious preschool children are blessed to have you mm. as their teacher, and uh, we're blessed to have you at our church. And uh, I, I know your mom and dad as well for a few years, you know, just a little bit, but they are so beautiful uh, Christians, and I know that yeah. they're so proud of how you've grown up to be a woman of God, to, to follow Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. 
So this evening, we are going to, dear friends, look in John chapter 6, and the key statement in our, in our program tonight is where Jesus said in John 6:35, I am the bread of life. That's mm. our I am statement. Mm-hmm. I am the bread of life. And here's the question, really, that I'd like to just pose before we do our scripture reading is, is this. Is God enough to satisfy the raging thirsts and desires of your soul, dear friends, hmm. is Jesus Christ sufficient? And I believe that Jesus is the bread of life, hmm. is the answer to that, which is yes, he is our bread of life. He can satisfy the true desires of our soul. So, and dear friends, if we can pray with you about that, maybe you're just really struggling with contentment and with the satisfaction in your life right now. If we could pray with you, call us right now at 929-333-3739. And we're going to read this evening from John chapter 6, beginning at verse 24. It's a little, maybe a little longer than usual, but it's a a powerful narrative here Mm -hmm. in John chapter 6. And Micah is going to start us off in verse 24. We'll go all the way to the end of the chapter. Okay, John 6, 24. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto other everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do, that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered them, and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Okay, verse 34. Then they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you, that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he had given me I should lose nothing, but shall raise it up again in the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at that last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they say, Be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God. He hath seen the Father. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness, and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof, and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us this flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The Spirit, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore, and he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, saying, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Okay, what a, what a great passage. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this night. Thank you, God, for our Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful opportunity we have to come on the radio and share with our dear listeners and with one another the wonderful truths of your word. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the satisfaction of our souls being our bread of life. So speak to our hearts and bless us through this evening, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So what a beautiful statement, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. And obviously it's not talking about physical mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. because we still get physically hungry and physically thirsty. But Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And he also says it down in verse 48, doesn't he? I am that bread of life. And he says it in verse 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. So what a powerful statement. Only God could say this. 
And Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. So the question I asked earlier, is Jesus Christ enough to satisfy the raging desires of your soul, dear friends? And we're here to say tonight and declare that he is, he is sufficient to satisfy the deepest the deepest needs of your inner man. And if we could pray with you and help you, encourage you with that, give us a call at 929-333-3739. We have loving counselors who, who love the Lord, who love you, who love the Bible. We, they would love to be able to just take a few moments and pray with you. Do you need somebody to pray with you tonight? Maybe people you're maybe you're lonely. Yeah. You know, their mm-hmm. loneliness is a huge problem and, and you're listening there tonight. You say, I wish I just had somebody to talk to. Mm. Well, give us a call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I just heard somebody talking about loneliness and just how high the numbers are when they poll people about how many people are lonely and you know, this is a good time if you are lonely. Don't feel ashamed. Just give us a call. We would love to talk with you for a minute. Pray with yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. it's a really good time to. And some people are sick. Connect you know? with I mean, people. people mm-hmm. Maybe somebody's at home and they're feeling really depressed. They 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 have cancer and they're mm-hmm. they're feeling very isolated and mm-hmm. alone. Maybe somebody has COVID. Maybe maybe somebody just lost their job or you're just going through a difficult time. And we just want to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ tonight, dear yeah. friends. And we also want to invite you to our church. Can I say this before we get into this? Because on <laughs> December 18th. Yeah. We're going to have a special Christmas celebration service, mm-hmm. and we really do want to meet some of our listeners. Come on out on December 18th. We're going to have a special mini cantata. Our choir's been practicing some yep. beautiful mm-hmm. songs. Behold our God, what a powerful song that is. Yeah. And I know they would enjoy it, and you can stay afterwards. We're going to have some pizza and wings after the service on December 18th. That's 490 Hudson Street in Manhattan, New York City. Okay, let's talk about this as we begin studying these I am declarations of Jesus. I, I believe these these statements are beloved, mm-hmm. right? They're, yep. they're really beloved statements, yeah. mostly in the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk for a moment why these statements are so beloved mm-hmm. by God's people. And, Michael, why don't we start off with you? And, and then Lilia and Esther can weigh in as well. But why are yeah. these statements so beloved? Well, Pastor, when I was thinking about the I am statements of Jesus in the larger context of his ministry, I realized that what he was essentially always saying was, I am all you need. Because a person needs certain things to survive. He needs water, food, shelter, safety, relationship, and even a purpose to get up in the morning. And it strikes me that all of those needs spiritually are met in Jesus and are included in his I am statement. So for instance, last week we were talking about the woman at the well and how Jesus offered her living water after saying, I am the Messiah. And then here tonight we're discussing the fact that Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And you know, that covers water and food, the most basic. And later in the series, we'll discuss statements that refer to safety, relationship, eternal meaning, and certainly eternal life. That's right. And and in a way, you make a great point. I am could stand alone because Mm -hmm. he said it in John 8, right? Mm -hmm. Before Abraham was, I am. I am am whoever you need to uh, to meet your need at that moment. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Lilia, what, what do you find beloved about these statements? Well, the I am state to me, the I am statements are just so powerful mm-hmm. um, in their meaning. Um, and actually, today when we were singing "Behold Our God," um, it just reminded me of how powerful our Lord is. And the part where it says, um, "Who has held the oceans in His hand and who has numbered every grain of sand?" Mm. I mean, no one else can do that. Mm-hmm. That's impossible for mm. anybody else can do. Yep, that yep. anybody else can do. Only our God can do something like that. Um, and it just reminds me of his power and how he is the yeah. only one true God and how all things are possible because of him and only 
only him. Amen. There is no other way. Amen. Amen. Esther, would you like to add to that? Yeah. Um, for me, the the one that comes out is exactly like you said, um, the I am uh, that I am. That's a, that's in Exodus 3.14. So God's, you know, speaking to Moses from the burning bush. And this interaction that Moses has with God seems to be one that I have repeatedly with mm. God. Mm-hmm. It's something where I'm repeatedly reminded that God is indeed the I am, right? He mm-hmm. has everything under control, that life doesn't make sense, but yet you bring these questions to God like Moses did at this time, right? Mm-hmm. So verse 10 in Exodus 3, he says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. And then Moses comes back with him with questions, right? He says, Oh, why is this happening now? You know, he's been 40 years in the, you know, 40 years being a shepherd. And how is it, how will this happen? Mm-hmm. But you know, God, I'm not that good. I'm mm. not good enough. And this is exactly opposite of what it says in Proverbs 3, 5 to 7, right? Mm. And I, I'm always struggling back and forth at the same time with this. So trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. Um, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path and be not wise in thine own eyes. So here is Moses who used to live in the house of Pharaoh. He used to have influence with this past Pharaoh before Pharaoh wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, and But... In this moment, he, it's almost as if he's resting on his own understanding. Mm-hmm. Like, Lord, I don't have the, you know, I don't have the capability. I, you know, I used to have influence, but I can't. Like, this, this, is, this is not the right time. And so even in the present time, like, I may have understanding, I may have ability, but this is not what, how God wants me to live, right? He, he wants me to mm-hmm. kind of come to this moment, and God says to me, um, Esther, I am that I am, mm-hmm. and the question is, will my spirit agree with him and be satisfied in those moments when yeah. I'm, I'm having that confrontation yeah. with him? And so it, every time I read this, I'm always reminded, right? I have to be reminded that simply God is, I am that I am. Yeah. And that's Amen. It. That's beautiful, Esther. And we can trust him. There's three words that, you know, talking about the beauty of these statements. And one of them we'll talk about later, so I won't really say much on it. I'm just going to say it. But three words that did come to my mind as as I thought about that question mm-hmm. of of why are these statements so beloved, and really it's their simplicity, mm-hmm. their clarity of who Jesus is, because no man could say these statements. So it clarifies that Jesus is God, mm-hmm. that He is the eternal, all sufficient, immutable, self sufficient God, and it also the unity. Between the old, it brings the old yeah. into the new, mm-hmm. and it connects the old because throughout the Old Testament, God often said mm-hmm. to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, "I am thy shield. I am the Almighty God. I am with thee." Mm-hmm. And so, for Jesus to say that He is the I am, it really brings the unity of the Bible together, even as the the theme of the I am comes from Exodus 3. Yeah, uh, and I was thinking of another Old Testament one that, you know, basically goes back to what I said before, where Jesus says, I am everything you need. And God says that to Jacob in the Old Testament. He was on the run from his brother Esau, who wanted to kill him after Jacob had stolen his blessing. And he's going from Beersheba to Haran. He's all alone. He knew he may never see his parents again. And it says he slept with a rock for a pillow. And at that point, you know, Jacob really needed something to cling to, and God gave him a dream essentially saying, I am the God of promises, and I am with you. Mm. So Genesis twenty-eight thirteen says, I am the Lord, God of Abraham thy father, and the God of Isaac, in the land where thou liest, 
to thee will I give it and to thy seed. And he was just he was just basically saying to Jacob, you're not all alone. You're with the most powerful one in the universe. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So let's go now into John chapter 6 and focus in on verse 35, really the key statement of this entire chapter. And there's a lot about bread in this chapter, isn't yeah. there, Micah? Mm-hmm. So how does John 6:35 relate to the overall context when Jesus said in John 6:35, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth in me shall never thirst. How does this statement fit into the context of John 6? Yeah, well, earlier in the chapter, which we didn't read this part, a great multitude of people had followed Jesus to a mountain in Galilee, wanting to see what this miracle-working teacher would do or say next. And when the disciples realized that they were far from town and the multitude was getting hungry, they didn't know what to do. And Andrew sheepishly brought a boy with five small loaves of bread and two fish to Jesus. And that's when Jesus performed his great miracle, feeding the Mm. 5,000. And the next day, the crowd was still asking Jesus for a sign to believe in him. And they mentioned this perpetual miracle of manna in the wilderness. So Jesus, taking this as the perfect segue, he answered saying, just like Moses gave them bread from heaven to nourish their bodies, God has now sent him, Jesus, down from heaven to nourish their souls. So as, as you said, Pastor, John six thirty five, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And he went on to say that he was so much better than manna because that bread, it would fill their belly, sure, but the body still perished. They all died. And yet Jesus is the bread for the soul, filling one with everlasting life. Yeah, I mean, Jesus says it right here, even in John 6 and verse 26, where he says, you seek me not because you saw the miracles. Yeah. But because you, you ate the loaves and you were filled. <laughs> so so he filled their belly. He, he met their basic need, and right. they were following him yeah. for that. And you know what I find amazing, you know, because mm. he, he does reference the manna here. And just as God sent the manna from heaven, he's basically saying, I am the living bread, right? He's, mm-hmm. I am the living bread who's come out, out down from heaven. But what's amazing to me is how many people died in the wilderness? Mm. There was death. every. I mean, death yeah. was like followed them in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. But did anyone die from a lack of hunger? No. Did any, anyone die of hunger, I should no. say? Mm-hmm. No. I mean, they died of all kinds of things, but nobody died in the world. And, and that's pretty desolate territory. Yeah. Nobody yeah. died from hunger because they had the satisfying manna. Daily. And, mm-hmm. and Jesus is the ultimate manna, dear friends. He is the bread of life. And he can satisfy us as well, dear friends. So, Lilia, bread is such a common... I mean, it's one of the most common things of all of life. Yes, it is. I ate bread today. I could t- tell you about it. It was so good because it wasn't just bread. It was it was dipped in clam juice and ooh, garlic ooh. sauce. That sounds great. Oh, it, it, it was so good, you know. So, so why does Jesus, do you think, why does he use bread to illustrate how he's our source of life? Well, I think he uses bread to illustrate this because bread is a main source of nutrition and mm-hmm. it is important for all of us humans, actually. Um, it is a sustenance of life and bread is more than just a food. Um, it's also a primary food. Mm. It's very nutritious. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, it's essential to sustaining physical life as well. 
Um, and man can live on bread alone. If there's nothing else, bread and water. Mm-hmm. And yeah. man can survive right. on that. Yeah. Um, and this gives people, I think it gives people a simple understanding of how Jesus is the bread of life mm-hmm. and how he is more important than bread. And Jesus is saying that he is the source of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the only one who can satisfy us. And we need him every day in order to live. And without him, there's we won't be able to live. We won't be able to we won't be able to live in this life. Um, so basically, he is everything that we need. And I think that's why he uses bread to compare those yeah. things. Mm-hmm. That's right. Everything that we need to survive is in the bread with its nat- in its natural state and its natural brand and dietary fiber. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go kind of off the rails on this, but when I was studying this about bread, is the way what we do to bread in our society is we take all of the nutrition actually oh, mm-hmm. out of the bread yeah. and, 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 and refine the flour yeah. and basically remove 30 of the essential nutrients mm-hmm. that are necessary, that are, uh, so not the, not the Wonder Bread. Wonder Bread will not <laughs> satisfy you, okay? But Jesus is not Wonder Bread, yeah. you know? And uh, you know what's kind of funny? They, they, then they, they take away the 30 essential nutrients, yeah. and then this is how smart we are in our society in our technologically advanced culture, yeah. they put four of those nutrients back, back in, in of the 30, <laughs> and they call it enriched bread. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. so, but you, the reason I'm saying that is yeah. to say churches that don't believe in the deity of Christ, churches that don't believe in the inspiration and authority of the Bible, that don't believe in the miracles of the, of the Bible, that don't believe in a literal creation, that mm-hmm. don't believe in, in foundational doctrine, the second yeah. coming of Jesus Christ. It's like they've taken the nutrition out of the Bible. Yeah. You know, they've taken the true nutrients out of the Word of God, mm-hmm. and then they, they might throw you a few crumbs to say, oh, this is a, it, no, but we need the whole Word of God. Mm-hmm. And, and just like it, what I'm saying, in our culture, they've removed a lot of the, the good yeah. things from the bread. And mm-hmm. a lot of churches said they've removed the good from the Word of God. And we must not remove the truth from the Word of God. Let the Bible be our full nutrition. Mm. Love Jesus. Yeah, I I was going to a church before I came to Heritage Baptist Church that was becoming more and more like Wonder Bread by the Sunday. <laughs> you know, the, the nutrients were taken out. I feel like when I started going there, you know, 15 years prior to when I left, there was nutrients, but they were just slowly draining that bread of the nutrients. Pastor, but I was also was thinking that, you know, historically, the value of human currency or money has always been tied to bread, simply because bread is, as Lilia was saying, that basic human need for survival. So when somebody works and receives their paycheck, the first thing they do is they feed their family. And perhaps that's even why today sometimes we refer to money as bread or mm. dough. Um, mm-hmm. I read somewhere that in biblical times, an ounce of gold could buy 350 loaves of bread. And so I looked up the current price of gold. It's $1,698 an ounce. And I went on the Whole Foods website because they do have bread that still has some of those vitamins in it, uh, Ezekiel bread, for instance. And it basically would cost you about an ounce of gold for 350 loaves of bread today also. Wow. Not Wonder Bread, but the good bread. Wow, wow. Well, I'm glad I got my bread and butter to buy the the good bread today, <laughs> you know, because it, it is it's true. Like we talk like that. Oh, that's his bread and butter. Yeah. And we mean that's 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 the, the essence of his of his strength or, yeah. you know, of his, of his income. Mm-hmm. And so we talk like that. And, and bread is so important. And that's why Jesus could say, I am the bread of life. 
And he even uses a word up in verse 27 where he says, For him hath God the Father sealed. And the stamp of the authority of the Father is upon Jesus Christ as the bread of life. Hmm. And so just like if you buy, what's, what's that bread, uh, Dave's, Dave's bread? What's that? What's that? I, organic, uh, Dave's Organic. Yeah, d- Killer Bread. They call it Dave's Killer Bread. Have you tried that? No. That is the re- Have you tried the no. Dave's Killer Bread? It's, I mean, it's got, big, it's got nuts in it. It's yeah. really chock full of good, healthy stuff. And but when I buy that Dave's Killer Bread, it's stamped with Dave's Killer Bread, you know, on the so I know what I'm buying. And yeah. Jesus Christ is stamped, if you will, mm. with the authority. Mm-hmm. Him hath God the Father sealed. He is the sealed, approved, divinely sent bread of life to satisfy our souls, dear friend, to save us, to give us eternal life. Do you know Jesus? Is he the satisfaction of your soul? Are you in the word each day? Are you in prayer? Is he truly meeting the needs of your heart? He wants to be the strength and the satisfaction and your very source of life, dear friends. And if we can encourage you, please call us right now at 929-333-3739. We want to be a blessing to you. So, Esther, let's talk about not only how bread is the source of life, but how Jesus, in making this declaration, I am the bread of life, really is declaring the simplicity of of the gospel, right? The simplicity of salvation. So how does this metaphor of Jesus being the bread of life show forth the simplicity of the gospel? Yeah, so like you said last um, a little bit ago about verse 26, that hit me really hard as well. Um, Because these men who, you know, they crossed the river to find him, right? Mm -hmm. They had seen these uh, miracles, but he said to them, oh, because ye did eat the loaves, you were filled, right? So something happened, they ate, and they were filled. So in the same way, if we make a comparison with manna, Mm -hmm. right? So manna came down from heaven, and Jesus declared Mm -hmm. that he came down from heaven. So in in chapter 6, verse 33, he says, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven, right? So he's saying he came down from heaven, right? And we know Christmas is here, right? Jesus came as a baby. Mm -hmm. And then just as, you know, then the person has to come to him, right? So the Jewish people, right, in the desert had to believe that manna was a sufficient source of nourishment, Yeah. right? But then um, the people had to go get it. They had to to leave the house, go get it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And then in verse 35, like we said, right, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, all right? And that's the beautiful picture, isn't it? That just as they had to go and get the manna, Mm -hmm. Hmm. Jesus is saying, come to me. Yeah. So there, there's that step of faith. It's, hmm. it's a step of faith. Yeah. And then one thing, and that I, you know, I hadn't noticed this until I really studied it, but then Jesus adds eternal security. So in verse 37, right, he says to them, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. And mm-hmm. that for me just yeah. like sealed it, right? Yeah. He's not going to push you out. That's right, dear friends. You don't have to know chemistry and physics and calculus to be saved you just have to come to jesus and and like and and bread is the most inexpensive and the most basic thing that we eat in life so jesus is saying this is there's a simplicity to Mm -hmm, this like mm -hmm. eating bread yeah and i I just love what you guys were just talking about i hadn't thought about it before that it was involved in this passage just the idea that it was easy for the israelites to go and get the man the man it was right there it was the work was done for them they just had to get up and go gather it um but they did have to get up and go and they did have to come as jesus said 
And I was also just thinking in our last series that we did on the life of Joseph, we saw the importance of bread for the saving of human life. In fact, Joseph's entire rise to power in Egypt centered around this basic human need. Remember, God had given Joseph the wisdom to foresee the seven-year famine of bread that was coming on the world. And God also gave him the wisdom to store up that grain ahead of time to save the people. So the connection between earthly salvation through bread and eternal salvation through the gospel is clear. And while it was the need for the bread that eventually brought Joseph's brothers to him for physical salvation, it is our need for salvation that brings us to Mm. Jesus, our bread of life. Amen. And now, Lily, you're going to share with us in just a moment your testimony, because salvation, there's a simplicity to it. And and I thought it would be great since you're here with us for the first time to share your testimony. But first, we're going to go to a song. And this song is a beautiful song. And it's it's related to this little boy who brings the loaves and fish to Jesus. Andrew brings this lad, he says, there's a lad here. I just yeah. love it. There's a lad here. He has five barley loaves and, 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 and two small fishes. And he just gives his little bit to Jesus. And then Jesus takes that, of course, and multiplies it to the multitude. And so, dear friend, come to Jesus just like that little lad. And give him that little bit that you may have. And that's what this song is about. Lord, here's my basket. And let Jesus take what you have and multiply it and use you for his glory. You're going to enjoy this song. Give us a call if you want at 929-333-3739. Five thousand hungry people would be. 
Give yourself to Jesus, dear friends. Come to Him by faith and trust Him with your life. Give us a call if we can and pray with you or encourage you as well at 929-333-3739. So, Lilia, we're talking about the little lad who came to Jesus. We're talking about Jesus, the bread of life, the simplicity of, of coming to Him. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And so tell us a little bit about how you came to know the Lord. Well, I grew up in church um, basically all my life. As a baby, I was presented hmm. um, in church, and I've been there all my life. And um, Now, when you say presented, yes. you weren't baptized as no. a baby. No, 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 yeah, you, cause this was Because this was a Baptist church, Yes, and your was. parents brought you recognizing you as a yes. gift from the Lord. Yes, okay. that's yep. what it is. It was dedication. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in church. Um, my family, my parents are Christians. My grandmother was a Christian. Yeah. Her parents were Christians. So I come from a family of Christians. It's been generations. Mm. And um, I actually thought that was enough. I thought it was enough. I didn't think, I wasn't really hearing. I was listening to preachings. I was listening to my parents talk about the plan of salvation. But I wasn't really hearing mm-hmm. um, what what it truly meant to be saved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up listening to many preachings, and I was in Bible club. Um, I was downstairs with, you know, the teachers. They would teach us at, the, at my other church, at my old church. Um, but it didn't hit me until a Sunday night. I was about 14 years old, and mm-hmm. uh, my old pastor, who's with the Lord now, he was preaching about the ten virgins. And he spoke about the five that they're lamps burned out and in that moment i remember just thinking like i don't want my lamp to burn out Mm. i don't want that to happen to me Mm. and in that moment i realized that no going to church was not enough uh Mm. serving was not enough in whatever capacity i was serving at that time um doing good outside was not enough Mm -hmm. and um I realized at that moment that I needed Jesus Christ in my life, and I, I, I needed it. I wanted him to be in my life. And at that moment was when I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Wow. Um, and at the end of the service, when the pastor did the calling, that's when I made that, I, I made that choice. Mm. And I prayed that prayer, and I will never forget it because it was one of the most, uh, it was the the most happiest occasion, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was, I felt different. There was a difference. I Mm. felt different. I Mm -hmm. was, I felt like I felt complete. I felt whole, like I wasn't missing something anymore. Like I was searching for something, but I found it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's all because of him. It's all because he touched my heart. It's all because he's the one that saves us. Nobody else can do that. He uses other people to preach his word, to, um, speak to others, of course, and that's what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. But he is the only one that can save, and he touched my heart, and I thank God every single day that he he did that, that mm. he did that, he did it for me. And, um, you know, it's been a blessing. It's It's been a blessing ever since. Um, you know, it's not always easy, of course, but it's been a blessing, and I thank God for that. Salvation and knowing that Jesus is our Savior 
and our friend, it makes all the difference yes, in it life, does. doesn't it? Yeah, and Pastor, you know, we can come to salvation at any point. You know, Lilia said she was 14, 14. when she became a Christian. Yeah. We have a young little girl in our church. She's seven years old, and she became a Christian this last year. And, you know, when she became a Christian, I saw a difference in her. She, right. she you know, she, she went around and she told people that she had gotten saved, but it was oh, like her yeah, personality yeah. became stronger, and she mm. was more confident, and she was joyful, and that that was a really interesting thing. But, you know, you if you're in your 50s tonight listening to us, if you're in your 60s, 70s, it's never too late to make that decision to say, Jesus, you are my bread of life. That's right. And never think that you've done something that hinders you from coming to Jesus, my friend, because right here, Jesus says, he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. And so come to him and he will receive you, dear friends, as you come to him by faith. He loves you. Amen. So Jesus is our source of life. Jesus as our bread of life, this emphasizes the simplicity of our salvation, but this also emphasizes how he is our satisfaction, doesn't it? So Esther, how does Jesus, our bread of life, illustrate the way that he satisfies the truest need of our soul? Yeah, Pastor, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about it with respect to our bodies as God's God's temple of the Holy Spirit, right? That, that that's what it says in 1 Corinthians 6:19, and how God wants us to be satisfied mm-hmm. in how and what we eat, but he does give us limits. Kind of like in the Garden of Eden, right? In in Genesis 2:17, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So in today's society, you know, there are people suffering from various eating disorders. Hmm. They starve themselves away or, or maybe they eat too much, right, in, in, in a way to satisfy something in them, hmm. right? So for hmm. some people, it might be control, right? This is the only ounce of control I have of if I can control how much I eat. Other people, they're eating their emotions away, right? Mm-hmm. They're depressed and they just, that's the only thing that seems to be physical that can satisfy them. So if we live as God tells us in the Bible, Um, like how Moses told the Israelites how to collect the daily manna, right? So in chapter 16, right, it's very interesting. You know, verse 19, he says, let no man leave of it till morning. And then he says in verse 20, um, notwithstanding, you know, they didn't listen to Moses. Some of them (laughs) did leave it in the morning. That's what happened. It bred worms and stank, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So you can't take too much. And then it came to pass. He had told them the seventh day is a day of rest. So the sixth day, you have to you have to pick up your double portion. Mm-hmm. So then, and that's amazing, though, right? Yeah. The only one day mm-hmm. the the manna wouldn't stink the next the day. Next day. Right. Yeah. It's so it just it, it it requires faith and yeah. trust. Yeah. Yes. And then they, uh, you know, and sure enough, you know, it says in verse 27, some of them went out and some of them tried to collect some and they found none. Right. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And then, so if we live according to God's commandments, right, Uh we will survive in our current um, wilderness that we're living, right? And as we're living and obeying God's commandments, we will move to the promised land, which Mm. is eternity. And so we do need to remember there are consequences. We we are not, you know, living and being satisfied with Jesus of the Bible as our bread of life. Mm. And we are being satisfied then by Satan's deceptive lies. And I think it's really important to differentiate that and make sure like what am i being satisfied with at Mm. this moment Mm -hmm. yeah i mean we have all eaten 
a good meal. Yeah. Let's say you're going to go out to eat at a restaurant, mm-hmm. and you're think, oh wow, I'm going to go out and eat, and you're looking forward to it, right? <laughs> and then you order it, and then you're just really like waiting for it, and then you eat it, and you're enjoying every bite. And, and yeah. you know what it says in Ecclesiastes? It says. Ecclesiastes 5.18, Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and and to enjoy the good of all his labor Mm. that he takes under the sun all the days of his life, which God giveth him. It is his portion. It is a good thing to enjoy a good meal. And so Jesus, as our bread of life, is the ultimate meal who satisfies us. And then after you eat, it satisfies your body to give you the strength to continue to to to, to have life. Because mm-hmm. if we don't eat, we die, right? Yeah. So Jesus is that life for mm-hmm. us, dear friends. He mm-hmm. is the satisfaction of our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pastor, after tonight's program, I'm headed to a restaurant in Staten Island for my landlady's Christmas party, and I expect there's going to be some really oh. good food there. I'm not sure, but I, I've yeah. been expecting it. And it just reminded me that most human celebrations revolve around food, whether it's holiday meals, birthday parties, yeah. wedding receptions. We human beings love to gather, celebrate, and eat. And Jesus Christ, in John chapter 6, he invites people to come and celebrate him, to begin this relationship with him, to enjoy the satisfaction that only he can bring us. And the culminating meal, of course, with Jesus is also the marriage supper in heaven. It's Revelation 19.7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Verse 9, blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So we don't stop wow. eating when we go to heaven. There's going to be a meal in heaven as well. Praise God. And, and Jesus Amen. will satisfy us. We will drink of, of the water of life, and we will eat. Yes, we will eat at his table. Mm. And what, a, what an amazing thing. And, you know, food also brings memories to us, doesn't it? Yeah. Like when I was a kid. We went to Expo 67, so I okay. would have been eight years old. Uh-huh. And my father found this bread place we would go to like every morning before we went into the to the to the to the Expo yeah. of whatever whatever that was there. And it was freshly cooked French bread, freshly baked. Mm. It, and I could still smell the taste, smell it. Mm-hmm. I could smell. I mean, bread is so delicious, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the the smell of it. As you walk by a Subway sandwich place or, the, you know, baked Auntie bagels. Anne's, yeah. yeah, yeah, Auntie Anne's. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. So Jesus is like that, and but so much better, dear friends. He satisfies. And, you know, when you when you have an experience with Jesus, what, like when you had an experience when I, you were 14. Yes. You remember that. I do. But, and that's the true spiritual sustenance, satisfaction of your soul, right. Jesus Christ. So, Lilia, thank you for sharing your testimony, and we do praise God for you knowing the Lord yeah. as your Savior. Now, of course, this passage also has brought a lot of confusion because Jesus speaks much about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, so much that it caused a confusion, and they said, this is a hard saying, who can hear it? And many who heard him and many who had been his disciples up to that point went back and followed him because they said, we can't eat him. Yeah. We can't drink, drink his blood. Mm. I mean, that does sound humanly disgusting. So let's talk about how Jesus is not speaking literally here when he speaks of eating his flesh and drinking his blood, but he's speaking metaphorically. And so let's talk about this just for a moment. And it, it is my position and understanding that the coming and believing in Jesus, in verse 35, he that cometh to me shall never hunger, 
He that believeth in me shall never thirst. That's equal to what he says later of eating my flesh and drinking his blood. They're the same exact thing. Mm. So let's, let's just talk about this. And uh, Esther, why don't we start off with you of, of why is Jesus speaking metaphorically in this narrative? Yeah, um, I just wanted to start that this brought up um, a comment that you had made in our um, church history class we're taking um, in our Heritage Discipleship Institute on Monday nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was surprised when you said cannibalism was one of the charges listed for Christians persecuted in that early church time period. I was like, why? Why mm-hmm. would that be? <laughs> and, you know, I can see now that this was probably a false charge, right? Yeah. Um, so, however, you know, Jesus during his ministry, you see in John 10, he says, oh, I am the door or gateway of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. And here he says he is the bread of life. So in reality, he's not none of these things. But for me, as I, you know, yeah. I was saved when I was 12. And as I read the Bible as a whole, you know, after a while, you know, if you read the whole thing, you're like, oh, he's speak- speaking metaphorically, metaphorically yeah. to get mm-hmm. the person to think, right, mm. to get folks thinking. So this brought me to think of Nicodemus. Right? He was a Pharisee. He was a ruler of Jews. And Jesus stumped him by saying he needed to be born again. Mm-hmm. Right? And Jesus um, said to him, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And then they had this long discussion, and Jesus had to do that. So that was a metaphor, too. No one is expecting someone to go back into the womb and come back out. Yeah, that's right? right. So in that sense, like for me, it's like, okay, Jesus does speak metaphorically yeah. to get the people to start thinking. Right. And he is no more literal bread than he is a literal door. Mm-hmm. You know, right. he's not wood. But he is an entrance into heaven. He mm-hmm. is the way. Yeah. And so, uh, Lilia, yeah. what, what is another reason why you would say Jesus is speaking metaphorically in John chapter 6? Oh, he's speaking that way because also in Revelation, uh, I wanted to share this, Revelation 22, verse 17, it says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. And basically what he is saying is that it's an open invitation, hmm. and he wants us to come and believe. And coming and believing in yeah. Jesus has the same reward as eating his flesh and drinking his blood, which is eternal life. Amen. Amen. And that's what he says throughout this passage, mm-hmm. like in John chapter 6 and down, where it says, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Micah, what would you add to this as why Jesus is speaking metaphorically in this passage? Yeah, well, I love what Dr. Han said where, you know, when you read the Bible, it's just you get more and more used to when somebody's speaking in metaphors and when somebody isn't. I recently was reading the Song of Solomon a couple times this week. I was listening to it. I was reading it. And it's filled with these metaphors of fruits and flowers and smells and so we know that Jesus was speaking metaphorically, but Scripture does tell us in this chapter that um, when Jesus said this, there was some confusion. So verse 52, it says, The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And then in verse 60, it says, Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? So these people were confused. They also didn't understand, but it was just another way for Jesus, I believe, to thresh out who was his true followers and who wasn't? Because if they truly believed, then they would have had the spiritual eyes and ears to understand when he was speaking. Yeah, and clearly in this passage of Scripture, in verse um, 60, 
66, or no, I'm sorry, up in, in verse 63. It's clear from this passage that Jesus is speaking in a metaphorical, spiritual way because mm-hmm. he says, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. And that's in the context of this, him being the bread of life. Mm-hmm. He's, he's saying, if you believe in me, you'll never hunger. You, if you tr- come to me, you'll never thirst. But he's not talking in the physical realm. Mm-hmm. He's talking in the spiritual realm. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And Spurgeon said this about this passage of Scripture, and it's a very strong statement. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher in, in England in the mid-1800s, said, Surely such an act of eating Christ's flesh, if it could be perpetrated, must rather be the nearest way to be damned. What greater crime could there be than for men literally to eat the flesh of their own Savior? That would be cannibalism. Mm. I cannot speak too strongly against so extraordinary, so monstrous a perversion of the teaching of our Lord. What he meant by our eating his flesh and, and... Drinking his blood is just this, that we believingly receive him into our hearts and our minds and feed on him. We hear of Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as the substitute for sinners. We believe him and we receive him as the truth to to save us from our sins. Dear friends, is Jesus your Savior? Mm. Give us a call right now if we can pray with you, 929-333-3739. So, Michael, we're getting to the end of another Heritage of Faith Conversations program. <laughs> Why don't you just share how this metaphor is such a powerful metaphor of eating his flesh, drinking his blood, shows us the personal way that we do receive our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, Pastor, I could describe to you my favorite meal, but until you come with me and enjoy that meal for yourself, you won't know what it tastes like or how satisfying it it is. And that's just a tiny picture of how wonderful and satisfying Jesus is, our bread of life. And Scripture calls us to taste and see that the Lord is good in Psalm 34a. And and it tells us that the Word of God tastes sweeter than honey Mm. in Psalm 119. But in order to taste God's goodness, we must come to Jesus and spiritually we, we must eat of the bread of life. So, Friends, if you're listening, if you've never come to Jesus to taste his goodness, do it tonight. Charles Wesley wrote the great hymn, Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to thy bosom fly. Come to Jesus tonight, dear friends. He's not just comfort food. He's the essential food for your soul. You need Jesus Christ. You cannot leave earth and get to heaven without him. So come to him, believe in him, and you know what? You'll never seek salvation in anyone else because he will satisfy you. Good night, and thank you all for being with us. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.